the thing is, there's nothing more that you need to do. It's how you get to be. I think that's the biggest differentiator here is 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 the ways of being because I think as women we feel like we got to do more we got to do more we got to do more and that almost pushes things away when we're doing more we, we get exhausted we're in the hustle um, we're like not in flow and I would say for women is like really to, like get in a place of uh, abundance and grace and like wow it's like you know what am I creating can I focus out. <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so very excited that you're here. I'm Katie Kremitzos. This podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from businesswomen so you can hear the ups, the downs, the tools, the strategies, all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now. If this is your first time stopping by the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. Okay, so have you ever had one of those moments when you heard exactly what you needed to hear at the exact moment you needed to hear it and it was something that just completely shifted you? That is the way that I felt about my conversation with Alicia Dunham's today. Um, she is fantastic. That's what you need to know. A very savvy businesswoman. Uh, she has the company Alicia Dunham's International. A uh, quick little bio about her is that back in 2007, she launched a book called Goal Digger, not gold, but goal. Uh, goal Digger, Lessons Learned from the Rich Men I Dated. And um, that ended up launching an entire business uh, that she eventually took online back in 2012. And now she has like a uh, book in a weekend, uh, um, just all these like writing uh, focused things that you can do in a weekend that she's been able to bring these programs online. So um, really amazing business model. And the more and more you listen to how she speaks, the more and more sophisticated her sort of internet marketing and online business presence is. But I want you to listen for the fact that it did not start that way. <laughs> so don't be intimidated by that. But I want to paint the picture for you because literally today it is a Thursday. It is the end of the day. I'm exhausted. I'm five months pregnant. I want to go home and I want to work in my bed. That's what I want to do. But I had this interview with Alicia who we have had to schedule a couple times. And the last five minutes of this conversation, I, the whole conversation is amazing. But the last five minutes... And what she said in the last five minutes was exactly what I needed to hear. And my guess is that it's exactly what you need to hear right now because it just will completely warp your mind and get you out of this, oh my gosh, I have to do more, uh, and get you into a mindset of who are you being in your business and, um, and how much of a shift that really makes not only for your happiness, but for uh, your bottom line. So uh, just brilliant conversation today. I can't wait for you to listen to it. 
Uh, and remember to go to bizwomenrock.com and let you let me know your comments about it or go ahead on Facebook uh, on the BWR Connect and let me know what you think about it. I love hearing what you get out of these conversations that are really practical and mind-blowing. That's awesome to me. So let's get going on with Alicia. Alicia, what is going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, Katie, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much. You're coming from one of my favorite places in the world, actually, Manhattan Beach, California, which is super cool. I would run on the beach there all the time and has an awesome cafe there. I just love the whole ambiance. You've been out there long? Oh, my goodness. I just moved here in January. I lived in Newport Beach a little bit before that, but I had a stint of eight years in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm just uh, newly new back down to uh, Los Angeles area, uh, even though I went to UCLA about 20 years ago now. Nice. Very, very nice. I love the weather out there. Um, So I want to get into uh, the business that you've created. It's a super fascinating one in the sense that um, you know, things really kicked off for you at, as an author, as somebody who wrote this really great book, and I want to talk a little bit about that. And then it has really evolved into an awesome online business, which I want to be able to share with everyone. So um, back in 2007, you launched this book called Gold Digger, Lessons Learned from the Rich Men I Dated, which sounds like an awesome book that I would either write and or read, by the way. I think everyone <laughs> would read that. Um, what, what was it that prompted this book and what, like, what, what did you actually have to do to get it out there? Because you had you, you were a model beforehand, but you didn't really have anything other than let me just launch this book. So what, what really prompted that book? Totally a newbie. Uh, you got it straight there. Um, well I had, I was a model. I did have a, a technical writing business. So I've been pretty much been in business since I graduated, uh, from UCLA, um, after I graduated from UCLA, I backpacked around the world for a year, and then I kind of turned that into a travel writing gig, and and then that led into me like you know starting to write, and then I started a technical writing business. But really, when it came down to writing Gold Digger, it really followed my journey of uh, being a single mother and wanting to you know focus, be 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 the uh, you know I was both the the man and the woman in the household. I not only uh, brought home the bacon, but I cooked the bacon. <laughs> and so when it came down to Gold Digger, it was really my entree back into dating and specifically being in a relationship with a guy who was a total commitment phobe. And I kind of made the decision, I'm like, if I'm just going to be dating, maybe I should be dating from men that I'm learning from. And it, I, you know, it was, it definitely came from a broken heart. I'll say that. So right. I kind of went all business, <laughs> I was all, all business. And, and really what it came down to, I was working from home one day and I was watching the Dr. Phil show and uh, the topic of the show was gold diggers, G O L D like, you know, women who dated mm-hmm. men for money. And, uh, and Patty Stanger was in the audience, you know, her, she's the millionaire matchmaker, mm-hmm. but this was even before she was the millionaire matchmaker. Uh, when she was, you know, uh, had a matchmaking business in Los Angeles. And she said, you know, women, you have it all wrong. Uh, successful, wealthy men, they don't want to be with gold diggers. They want to be with women who are accomplished. And, and I have an agency that attracts those type of men with those type, uh, or uh, th- those type of men with those type of women. And so I said, well, you know, that sounds reasonable. And so I sent in my information. And, you know, before you know it, I was being, you know, flown down to Los Angeles and being wined and dined by all of these successful men. And what I found out is I wasn't interested in getting married or being with someone because they had money. I was interested in, wow, like what I could learn and the networking. I just found that it was just so 
um, intriguing. And one of the very first men that I dated, uh, he said, you know what, Alicia, you were industrious enough to be your own millionaire. And that was really, I say that was the, the lightning strike that ignited the forest fire for me. Mm. While, when, when, and what made me become an entrepreneur and eventually led me to writing gold digger, um, the lessons that I learned from wealthy men. And it's about entrepreneurship. It's about risk taking. It's about being out there uh, and uh, making things happen. It's about creating something from nothing. And in terms of female leadership, that's what it's all about. And and as female leaders, that's what I love doing this podcast, is we get to go places people don't want to go because when we play at a bigger game, when we're operating on all cylinders, we inspire others to do the same thing. And so it's really whatever it takes to make it happen. And so after I wrote Gold Digger, I was like, okay, wow, I've invested all this money. I wrote a book. I self-published it. I made it an Amazon bestseller. Now I'm like, now what? What do I do? I got some media publicity, but I wasn't—I wasn't making the money that I thought I would be making as an author. Right. And so I looked at the New York Times bestseller list. And I'm like, okay, who's on? Who's the female that's on the New York Times bestseller list right now? And at that time, it was Christine Comerford, it was Marcy Shymoff, it was mm-hmm. Laurel Langmeyer, and so I—I I said, okay, well, maybe you know, I looked at Laurel Langmeyer's model. It looks like she travels, she does seminars, she does online marketing, she writes these books, she appears on TV. So how about I do a seminar? And that's when I came up with a seminar called Wealthy Girl Summit. And within a couple weeks of my book launching, um, I, I got a contact with Laurel Langmeyer and I said, hey, will you speak at my event? And she said, yes. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. So I want to jump back to... Um you know, the idea of you publishing your book. So you decided to self-publish. Back then, you know, back in 2007, what was your strategy to get it out there? Because I think that's a big misnomer, actually, that, okay, I'm going to launch this book, and then I'm going to make all this money, and I'm going to be established, and everyone's going to know me. But it's a hustle to get it out there, to market it, and to make it actually make money for you. Um, and there's there's definitely a shift in even like, okay, maybe the book isn't making money for you. Maybe it's just a part of your marketing. Maybe it's part of your branding. So where were you back then as far as how did you get it out there? How did you make it an Amazon bestseller? How did you make sure to sort of push the book out? Absolutely. Back then, the publishing industry was completely different. I mean, social media was just getting started. I got on Facebook probably back in 2006. So I didn't have a platform. I didn't have a community, a tribe, uh, people following me. I was just getting started and probably the first uh, you know, uh, early adopters of Facebook, I think were internet marketers, were online marketers. And so when it came down to launching my book, I just really networked and connected to people in the publishing industry and learned how to do the Amazon bestseller campaign. And that's how I became a bestseller on Amazon. I also invested in PR to get onto TV and radio, etc. But what I found out, and it's so funny because I just did a webinar on this yesterday, is I went to Tim Ferriss' book launch party because his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, mm-hmm. launched the same year um, within months as uh, Gold Digger. And you know, we were, this was before really Tim Ferriss was kind of Tim Ferriss. And you know, we were at this club in San Francisco. And I asked him, I said, I said you know, how did you build all this fervor around your book? And he said, you know, and, and I asked him how he got a, a traditional publishing deal. And he said, well, traditional publishing, uh, your book proposal is 99% your marketing plan. And I had bloggers promote my book. And that's how he got his viral marketing out there. And right. obviously, you know, sold 1.5 million books probably at, by this time. I've sold less than 15,000 books and really kind of wrote the book first 
and then made it a bestseller and then realized, well, this is, this is a hustle. This right. is a hustle creating this. So my, my next go-to was like, okay, well, I launched the book. How can I leverage it to you know, meet influencers, create connections, and take it to the next level? So I really dove into business um, versus building my online platform. I mostly I dove into, okay, how do I create something that's a sustainable and scalable business, which at first when I launched Wealthy Girl Summit and had Laurel Langmore and Christine Comerford and all these women speak at it, you know, even that wasn't a financial win. I felt like I was con- consistently hitting a wall of like, where is the, like, where's the, where's the windfall? Like, where's the flow? Where's right. like the, like the money just coming in? And it wasn't, it's like everything required effort, marketing, every require everything required, you know, what I call smiling and dialing and, and, uh, and getting, you know, getting butts in seats and getting people to purchase your book. And, and, and really what, how my business at that point launched was I had 13 speakers at this wealthy girl summit. And afterwards I'm like, okay, well that wasn't a financial win. What do I do next? And several of the speakers came up to me and they're like, Oh, we noticed you have a book. We don't have books. Can you help us write books? So I launched into a consulting service-based business where I helped people write books, become New York Times bestsellers, um, Amazon bestsellers. And with that model, it was fine and dandy, but I found that at every month I was always starting at zero and I was always looking for my next client. And a consulting model, um, I mean, it's nothing to boff at. You know, people make an honest living um, from being a consultant um, but when you're charging, you know, when you're trading hours for dollars, or uh, even like a retainer model where there's an end in, uh, in sight when their book is complete, mm-hmm. you're, it's, it's, it's this kind of like exhausting effort. And so when the, the bottom dropped in terms of the financial markets around 2008, 2009, I realized I needed to do something different. And, um, and you know, going from client to client wasn't the model I wanted. And so that's when I started to really think about 2009 and, and 2010, thinking about what can I do uh, that I deliver now one-to-one? What can I do to deliver something on a one-to-many basis? What can I provide that is sustainable and scalable and doesn't leave me exhausted? Right. So I want to talk a little bit about what that was. Like, how did you decide exactly what that would be? And then um, how did you actually transition into that? And I'm asking this because there are so many women who are doing the uh, consultant model and the coaching model. And for right now, that works for them. It can get it. But it is a constant hustle. And they want to move into a more um, one to many type of a system, a more automated system. But th- there are oftentimes lots of hiccups because you almost have to run two businesses at the same time. So h- what did you decide that you were going to do from then on out? Like what were the programs? What were all those sorts of things? What were the concepts? And then how did you transition into it? The transition was really this. I had to pay my mortgage. And I had an event <laughs> coming up. And- That's a good transition. Make it happen. <laughs> I had an event coming up and I knew I was speaking in front of like 70 women and I said, I can't sell a consultant model from the stage. So what am I going to sell? And so what I did was I created Bestseller in a Weekend. I'd never done it before, but I'm like, I'm going to sell something from the stage. And, and that's my whole model of sell first, fulfill second. And that's something that I teach in my 60 Days to Six Figures program is you sell first, you fulfill second. And, and that's something that uh, as women we get to learn and, and it's something I do all the time in my business. And, and so you, you sell and see if people are even interested and then you fulfill on it uh, through whether it's an online training 
um, what have you. And, and so I went to this women's event. I, I spoke to them stage. I, 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 I sold Best Seller in a Weekend, and people were asking me about it. And I think through the sales process, that's what you learn, what you get to put into the product or put into the online training or put into the, the conference or whatever you want to create. Right. And, and so that was really it. And then you, you learn through sales conversations. And so even from selling from the stage, I learned what, what women wanted in that particular. So I, I sold from the stage. I put on the event, Best Seller in a Weekend. And then what I found out as I was putting on Best Seller in a Weekend, as we were wrapping up uh, the weekend and people were working on their uh, manuscripts and their transcripts that, that we got back and, and working on their titles and you know, you know, finishing their books and, and all of that or their draft manuscripts, um, a woman in the back of uh, my, my seminar said, okay, what's next? And I said, well, what do you mean what's next? I'm like, we're wrapping up here. And she's like, I want to continue working with you. Mm. How do, what about book cover design? What about editing? What about layout? And I said, okay. So I gave them an assignment. I went down I, into, uh, I was at a Holiday Inn. I went into their business center uh, and I printed up the, what's next. I, I printed <laughs> up the what's next. Oh, yeah. I wow. printed up what's next and uh, printed it out. And I said, and I came up and I said, great, we've got our books back. And you guys are probably thinking, what's next? So I have a new program that I want, you know, that we can continue to work together where you can do book cover design, editing, layout, coaching to get your book out, launch it to bestseller status. And I closed probably, I would say out of the 20 women there, I probably like 16 to 17 of the women signed up for wow. it. So, so it's, uh, it's, it's about thinking on your feet, being ready, being flexible, turning obstacles into opportunities. And that's what I did. So that's how I launched that program. Um, another way where this um, showed up for me is is when I did a LinkedIn campaign. Um, I was like, okay, how do I build out these best on weekend programs? I was doing them live in San Francisco. I also did one like in Houston, Texas. I did one in in New York, and and I I hired a company to do a LinkedIn campaign, and I was getting leads of the galore, uh, people who wanted to work with me. And as I was doing the sales conversations, one thing that I heard that kept on coming up and coming up, especially when I was talking to people in New Zealand and Singapore and Europe, is that I want to work with you, but I don't want to fly to San Francisco and take your bestseller in a weekend. What can, you know, how can we work together? And I realized that I hit a wall in terms of business growth, especially with the, uh, the you know, the internet economy that we live in and that opens us up to a global economy. Right. And that's when I'm like, okay, I get to take this online. I get to take this online. And that's when in 2012, I launched um, my Best Learner Weekend program and launched it online. And, and that has been gangbusters. And, and so with that, I you know, have Best Learner Weekend. I launched, uh, went on to launch Fiction in a Weekend, Audiobook in a Weekend. I just launched Insta Weekend, which is about using Instagram to build your business and I am in currently in launch mode for book proposal in a weekend. Nice. And, and so what that is all about and what I, and what one thing that I think my clients appreciate about me is I'm very transparent on how I've grown my business and I'm very transparent on, um, what you get to do to be flexible, uh, to, to create opportunities, uh, because they're all around us. Right. And, and, and so I continue to launch programs. I continue to build my online platform. And, and now really, and even when I launched Book Proposal on a Weekend and had over a 10% conversion rate on my, my webinar, 
uh, I was very, very transparent and said, I, I created this program so I can write my book proposal too. Mm, wow. And, and everyone loves that, you know, like they, they really respect that. So um, I want to go, I want to dig into one of the things that you said, which is like foundational to this whole thing, which is you sell first and fulfill second, which is brilliant. And, um, you know, I, I, it's so counterintuitive to what we want to do. And I'll speak personally on this, like, um, you know, I was about to launch a program earlier this year in 2015. And I remember literally going through the entire, like, I was creating the program. I was so sure everyone was going to love it. And I just hit this wall where I was like, if it was fear, great. I sort of think it was like this internal gut check of like, this is not the right thing to do. And I remember kind of, you know, uh, chatting with a girlfriend of mine who does a lot of online programs. And she goes, Katie, don't build it. Just sell it first and then see if anyone wants it. And then if they do, you can build it. But the question that I have is, is what happens when you sell it, but the people who buy it, it's not worthwhile for you to build it. Like you get some people to buy it. Do you go, do you go out and like just continue to sell and open up the selling so that you will get enough people into where it's worth your while to build it out? Or will you stop the program there if there's not enough? No, you continue to sell. Got it. Absolutely. You continue to sell because if people sold, then you do more, then you, then you do more webinars and you reach out you give them an opportunity to be affiliates where they can send uh, their clients and colleagues to, to, to purchase it as, as well. You do webinars. You do joint venture webinars. Right. So you continue to sell it where it's worthwhile because what you're doing, and I think the, the differentiation, uh, differentiation point here is what I'm building out with my online training business is something that I can eventually sell. And, and, and so if you're just doing kind of one-off programs, but what I'm doing is building brand equity and, and, uh, building revenue in that portion of my business, um, that I, that I will get to sell all these online trainings really about, cre- you know, creating content in a weekend, creating, creating, um, you know, whether it's write, writing your book, writing a novel, writing, uh, creating your audio book, uh, building your Instagram, uh, writing your book proposal all in a weekend. And so it's, it's about um, building that brand equity. So you sell it and you deliver. And then the thing about it, the beauty of it is you, you, know, you, you record it, you created it once, and you sell it over and over again. That's the right. whole beauty of an information product. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the specifics of an information product, of a program, because that even kind of that name really stops a lot of people because they're thinking, oh, my God, I've got to build this giant website for it. People have to have access here. It, it really stops a lot of people. So what, what are the logistics for you for building out these programs? What are they? How are they delivered? Where do you store everything? Like how, how much of – uh, a time or resource investment is it? Like, what are the logistics of, of your programs? The logistics of my programs is this. I use GoToWebinar. When I launch a program, I do the first version as a beta version, and then I record that version. I'll either deliver it one of two ways, either via stealth seminar um, as a reoccurring opportunity, uh, online training, or I put the videos in a membership website and deliver it that way. Um, um, in, uh, so a membership, the web- membership website I use is Simplero and, and, uh, and so in terms of running an online business, really you don't even need a website. Right. If you're, if you want to launch something, use lead page, le- use lead pages. So I, um, so you can lo- you can create a landing page with a call to action to build your email list, to sell people into a course. 
and you can um, store everything in a membership and store, store everything in a membership site. Um, one thing that's very important to my growth of my business is building the community around the different products and services that I launch. Mm -hmm. um, so something that's very important is uh, having the Facebook groups. I create Facebook groups around each program so people have that container, um, that ability to grow and to network and to partner and to joint venture and to collaborate in all those particular ways. So that's how you do it. You don't you don't you do it in the moment. I mean, I I do it. You I recorded it. It's the beta version. I record it the first time. I create all the content. If something needs to change, I'll go back and do it. Um, but that's how I do it. Um, and so the the it, and it works. It works like a breeze. I love it. Let's talk a little bit about the marketing that you do in order to get people into the into your different programs. So, um, what different strategies do you have? Um, what different kind of lines do you have out there that help bring people uh, to this program? And what is that marketing process? Yeah, so Facebook ads um, would be one, um, and joint venture webinars would be another one. Another one, email marketing. So building my email list. And other things, uh, creating value uh, for my community. I um, I've launched a new YouTube video that I do every week. It's all about motivation. It's called the Motivation Mentor. I do a free call, an Ask Alicia call to my list every Thursday. This is a webinar where I do hot seats, where I answer questions. I'm very transparent. It's like this is the time. If you sent me an email. Uh, this is the time jump on and ask me in person. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so I do that as like, like, it's like totally focusing out every Thursday, a free call. And, and so those are marketing initiatives, just being consistent with the video coming out every Monday, the free Thursday call, uh, webinars all the time, joint venture webinars, webinars to my list, email marketing, Facebook ads. Um, that is how I, uh, currently, uh, market my program. And how do you measure the success of a program? Like, are you measuring the like X amount of people actually purchased the program, X amount of people actually finished the program, X amount of people came on the webinar just to learn about the program? Like, how do you measure success? I measure success. If I change one person's life, I'm successful. I understand that. And that's awesome. And I totally get that. But for as far as your business model, like, how do you know that the programs are are delivering kind of the value that they need to in order for it to work in your business model. So with that, it's in terms of conversion. Yep. Um, so getting the number of people on the, I want a ten percent conversion rate when I do a webinar. That's like that's my goal. And um, and with in terms of my business models, um, with with Best Start a Weekend and all the other online with all the other online trainings, it is you know if something if something's a, a you know, I feel like not a success, then I turn it into an information product mm. and, and we sell it via the website or, um, something that we're going to be going into is selling things on ClickBank more. Um, and if it is a successful, I put more energy into that. Um, but that way, um, you know, for me, if it's generating, if it's generating money and if it's something that I can create once and sell over and over again, um, it's, it, it, to me, it's a, a success. So one thing that I know in my particular business is I have a pr upsell program and that is kind of the baseline of my business. And I have a goal every month. I sell a certain amount of those. Um, and that's what I do every month. And so focusing on that program and then the online training portion is building that eventually to sell. Got it. Love that. Um, Alicia, what, uh, over all these years of you sort of transitioning into, 
an online marketer, an online businesswoman who's creating all these programs, what has been one of the biggest challenges that you've had in this evolution or in this whole process? I think in terms of, I think in terms of uh, challenges, I would say, you know, just building, building a team. And, you know, one thing that's huge is, is building, uh, building the marketing systems. I mean, you know, I just talked about that uh, on a call I just had before this is, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. Many people spend 80% of the time, you know, building more content, building more content, and then 20% of the time in distribution. So we get to flip that on your head where you're spending, you know, you're doing 20% of your co- content building and then you're doing 80% distribution or 80% sales. Mm. So I think um, sometimes when we're creative types and we're excited in the creation process, we will always consistently, you know, create new things. Um, we're really, we get to focus on like what is the 80-20 in our business? What's the one thing that makes the most money? We get to spend 80% of our time selling that. So as a business owner, we are the, we are the, uh, uh, the marketer and the, and the seller of our business, um, not the fulfiller of our business. So that's one thing that I do like to outsource is fulfillment. Right. And even if that's through coaching or project management, is to bring on other coaches, other project managers to fulfill, and that our focus is consistently, as the CEO of our business, that business growth is 100% um, our focus. Yep. Um, how about ways that you organize yourself? Like, how do you keep yourself organized and focused? Like, what real tactics or strategies or things do you use to make sure that you're staying focused every day? So I, I use Notes software, uh, and I, I write lists. And uh, again, I have a mantra for my particular revenue goal, goal for every month. And so I keep on, I, I say that every morning, and I make sure that I have conversations around that. Um, and, uh, to, to achieve that particular revenue grow, um, goal. And so just knowing that as a CEO of my business, I maintain the vision and I get to delegate, uh, I get to get, delegate everything else except maintaining that vision and the business growth. Uh, and so with that, I have project management software. So base camp, you know, we have to do's around that, you know, as most businesses do, but keeping the, the vision um, and it's more of the ways of being is mm-hmm. how you is how you create your business. So so I'm going to focus on these things. I'm going to focus on business growth. I'm going to focus on this particular equation, um, which is my equation to, to uh, meet my monthly revenue, and uh, and and that's all I get to focus on. And everything else you uh, outsource or it falls away. Right, right. No, I love that. Um, I want to go ahead and conclude this conversation by asking what advice that you would give. To any businesswoman who's listening, who um, really wants to take their business online, or is has their business online, but it's not producing the kind of revenue that they want it to produce, it's not. It's they're still working way too hard at it with such little return. What kind of advice would you give to them? Definitely build your community, build your community, and and I would say focus out. I would say it's it's nothing. The thing is, there's nothing more that you need to do. It's how you get to be. I think that's the biggest differentiator here is, is, is the ways of being. Cause I think as women, we feel like we got to do more. We got to do more. We got to do more. And that almost pushes things away when we're doing more. We, we get exhausted. We're in the hustle. Um, we're like not in flow. And I would say for women is like really like get in a place of, 
uh, abundance and grace and like, wow, it's like, you know, what am I creating? Can I focus out? So I always say, when in doubt, focus out. So as soon as you start focusing on your clients, uh, really ensuring that they get what they need, providing value, there's some, there's some sort of like a shift. It's like a tipping point in your business where it changes. I can tell you that was a huge shift in my business because believe me, you can pack up, you know, pack on the to-do list and do this and go after this person. But if you look, if you look in that energy, if you're in that push energy, if you're in that push energy, you push things away. Mm-hmm. And, and if, when you're in the, like, I want to magnetize. So I have a, a video. Um, I do this motivational mentor is, are you seeking or are you source? So when you when you're source, you source things, you magnetize things towards you. And so creating opportunities, you're just magnetizing people to come to you when you're seeking, when you're constantly, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. I, I have to go out to that. It's like you push things away. So part, part of being source is saying I'm, I'm fully whole. Um, am I, my, you know, I'm providing value and you, it's, it's a mindset shift really. So I wouldn't say pack on more to do things. I would say it's shifting your ways of being and coming from a place of gratitude. What do you have? And I think the biggest thing is, is to fall in love with the gap. And what do I mean by that is every morning, every CEO looks at where they are um, today and where they want to be. And so you look at where you are today, you look at where you want to be and you see what is in the gap. And usually ways of being are in the gap. So if you're, if you're making a half a million dollars and you want to get to seven figures, what is in the gap? And it's probably focus mm. is in the gap. And so you get to fall in love because it's in the gap where innovation lies. It's in the gap where opportunity lies. It's in the gap where growth is. It's in the gap where you create new jobs, new opportunities. Because if you're realizing that you are here and you're not where you want to be, because you're majoring in the minors and you're not focused focused on the one thing that will generate revenue. And believe me, this has been a, just a major breakthrough for me in the last couple of weeks is, is the one thing. Oh, wow. That's so easy. Well, I'm, you know, I'm focusing on all this kind of all this stuff. And the one thing that will generate the revenue I want every month is sitting right in front of my face and is so small and so easy that I could have my revenue with one week of work. Yep. That's what you get to focus on. So whatever's in the gap is what you, and you fall in love with it. It's like, okay, great. I get to focus. Right. I love that, man. I don't know about you listening, but that was like major, major. And you know, like the funny part is, is that we're all smart women. We're all smart business women and we get it and we know it intellectually, but to really live that, and to live that constantly is really a huge paradigm shift. And I'm so glad that you gave voice to that because it's so, so very true. And I, I can't think of a better way to really conclude this conversation because that's such a – everything that you just said is so powerful in shifting the forward movement of not only not only all of our businesses, but really how we're enjoying those businesses and the whole journey of it. So – um, Alicia, I just really want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for sharing so much about your experience and, uh, and all of your wise words. Thank you. Wonderful, Katie. Love being here. Make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com to make sure you're getting all of the show notes uh, from this conversation with Alicia. And that does include all the different resources she talked about, like lead pages and stealth seminar and Simplero. Um, uh, go to webinar just there are direct links for all of those resources in the show notes okay um, and all you have to do if you can't remember the number of this uh, episode is just type in Alicia in the search bar and she'll come up so um, 
All right, I wanna talk about major takeaways because my mind is blown right now just from the last five minutes. But there's so much that was encompassed here in this interview. First and foremost, sell first, fulfill second. She is not the first guest that has talked about that. And man, is that such a powerful, powerful habit to get into. And I can attest to that personally. It is so super smart to be able to sell first and fulfill second. Um, She talked about building a community. And the most important thing that you can do is really build out your community right now. Build out the people who you're touching on a regular basis and stay consistent with that communication. Um, I love that she mentioned, I don't know if you picked this up, but she mentioned that she has a mantra for her revenue goals every month. And she says that mantra every morning, which is brilliant. I love the really um, foundational kind of drill this I'm going to start my day remembering this mantra every single day, starting it off with that. I loved, loved that. And of course, the kind of the mother of all takeaways was really that last five minutes, which she really focused on um, getting away from what do I have to do and instead moving to this, who do I have to be? Like, how do I have to be in my business? And that just shifted a lot of stuff, not only for me, but I hope it did for you because it's just a whole different way of looking at things. So it's not this, what more stuff do I have to do? What more things have to go onto this list? But you're already doing plenty. I'm already doing plenty. But it's a matter of who are you being and according to your business and how are you, what is your mindset and your attitude about all of that stuff, which I just thought was so beautiful and brilliant and soulful. So thank you for that, Alicia. It was lovely. Um, I hope you had such a great time today. I hope a lot of things opened up for you listening to Alicia. If you loved it, make sure you're going on to iTunes. Leave a review about this podcast. Let me know what you think. You can email me as well, katie at bizwomenrock.com. You can find me on Facebook, What, whatever it is. Whatever it is, just reach out to me. Let me know um, about you, your business, and what you're really getting out of this. That helps me continue to ask relevant questions that are eliciting really, really great conversations, okay? I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next show. 